Welcome to this episode of the Here and Now podcast. My name is Dave Mons. I'm a student of psychology and philosophy and a professional pilot. My aim is to share big ideas from science and the humanities to get you thinking and to help you make sense of the world. I felt terrible today. I woke up and I knew that no matter which side of the bed I got out of, it would be the wrong one. I looked in the mirror and said some horrible things to myself. I was rude to my wife. I didn't want to play with my children. I just wanted to be alone and miserable. Today, the black dog lurked and it happens sometimes. But it's okay because I'm only human after all. But more importantly, I remember that how I feel right now is not actually who I am. My mood is a state not a place. This episode is about those negative feelings we all have sometimes. For some of us, they are a crippling burden, and for others, they may appear only now and again. This isn't professional advice, and I don't mean to trivialise what is a serious illness for many people. Please, do not substitute my ramblings here for seeking help from those qualified to provide it. My intention for this podcast episode is simply to provide some insight, to share some of my feelings and a couple of strategies that might help you to manage the negative thoughts that sometime pop up in your life. And also to remind you that you are not alone when you feel down. Negativity is a natural emotion, just like happiness, anger, apathy. It comes and goes. It doesn't help us though, and it should be avoided as much as possible. But you can't avoid it by not facing it, understanding it, and accepting it. The important thing is not to let it become you. But to feel negative sometimes is okay. So here's a little bit of my negativity. There are many reasons why I shouldn't have started this podcast, and those same reasons make me feel like stopping every time I begin to write another episode. I say to myself, no one will listen anyway. What the hell do you have to say that anyone else would be interested in? Who am I to preach about life when I know fuck all about it myself? God, this will sound boring. Things of that nature. What things do I say to myself, though, so that I can carry on and do it anyway? I say, I enjoy this. I'm doing this for me. What difference does it make if no one listens? Why be afraid of doing this if it isn't hurting anyone? And if just one person enjoys what I share? If I reach just one person and it means something to them in that one moment, then it's all worth it. So here we are at episode 6. In the words of the great Pink Floyd, is there anybody out there? It's not easy to believe in yourself. Negative thoughts seem to be a default mode for most, if not all of us. Doubt lurks deep within us. It is an alter ego, constantly trying to keep us down. That makes every achievement all the more remarkable, because every single person that rose to success had to fight back that voice inside that said, don't put yourself out there. Take the easy road. Keep your head down. It's not worth it. You can't do it. You're not worth it. Why is that? Where does that voice come from? I don't think I can limit myself to just one cliche in this episode. So here's the first. 
We get one chance at life. This is it. You are here, right now. You have no idea why, how it came to be that you got this chance at life. Billions of years passed. Then you arrived. For a cosmic second you are here. And soon you'll be gone. For billions more years, time will march on. You have a choice then, to not care about your life because it is so insignificant, or to care about it more than anything else, because you won the lottery just by being here, and you have so little time with which to experience it. So keep that context in the back of your mind. Set that as an anchor, a reminder that no matter how consumed you become with life and your thoughts, all of it is a gift which will eventually be taken away, and soon. And the thing about all of those negative thoughts is that they're not real. They're simply that. Thoughts. Your choices are all that is real. You can't control what happens in life, but you can prepare and plan and anticipate. But shit happens to all of us. What happens next? That is a mindset. The negative thoughts that seem to swell up inside us are not real. They aren't us. There are fears and insecurities manifesting themselves to protect us from the potential for harm. Harm to our pride, fear of embarrassment and failure, fear of uncertainty, of not being good enough or capable. But those fears do not have our best interests at heart. They are not there to help us to reach our potential. They are there to keep us small and insignificant, because being small and insignificant is safe. But we have a choice. Do you choose to listen to those negative thoughts and let them define your life? Or do you acknowledge them, set them to one side and move forward anyway? When I have negative thoughts, I don't have to pretend they're not there. But I don't have to let them be my present and become my reality. Eckhart Tolle, known for his book The Power of Now, refers to innate negative thinking as the pain body, which he describes as the accumulation of old emotional pain that almost all people carry in the energy field. He suggests that this accumulation of negative energy tends to pop up from time to time and tries to bring us down, consuming our thoughts with more negative thoughts. And further to this, he believes negative energy affects entire populations through their so-called collective pain body. I'm pretty sceptical about some of Toll's thoughts, but I do see his point, even if I think the idea of energy fields is, well, bullshit. What I believe is that the brain is the centre of our being. It's a jelly-like mass, mostly of fat, which controls, well, everything, including how we feel. And sorry to be unromantic, but we don't actually feel with our heart. We feel with our brain. We think and feel with our prefrontal cortex, or PFC. That's the part of the brain behind your forehead where conscious thoughts take place. But the PFC is fed by inputs from all over our brain. So it's no wonder we are constantly bombarded with thoughts that seem to emerge from nowhere. From one moment to the next, we could be thinking about what we are looking at, where we need to be in an hour and what we are going to have for lunch. Or we could also be thinking about that time in kindergarten, when we were three years old and we used to jump off the old fort shouting, Geronimo! And I actually did that. We have no more of an explanation for why such random memories and thoughts appear than we do for why sometimes we just feel shit. But underlying it all is a complex but relatively well understood interaction of chemicals. Our emotions are literally chemical reactions in our brains. Minute changes in chemical concentrations and interactions are responsible for every thought and process that takes place in your brain. 
It's an organic, biological process. It is so amazing as to sound like magic, but it is just chemistry. You are your own unique chemistry set playing out in that lump of jelly in your head. And another thing about the brain, as remarkable as it is, is that it likes patterns and repetition. Memories, personality, behavior, they're all formed through long-established neural pathways that connect the various regions of the brain. We're the result of those connections established in the womb, in childhood and throughout our lives. Negative thoughts are merely a representation of some of those neural pathways. Certain experiences tend to forge deeper pathways that connect other areas of our brains. So when we are stimulated by a sound, a sight or a smell, or maybe even a combination of words, those old pathways light up in totally unrelated contexts. We can quickly be whisked away to some place or feeling that was formed long ago, that was lying dormant in the deepest recesses of our brain. That's a powerful thing, and it survives as a useful evolutionary purpose. When we see a lion, we run. We need to remember things, and unfortunately many of those memories and experiences are not positive, yet they are still inextricably tied to other neural pathways, and so may appear when we least want them to. But just like every thought is a phantom burst of chemicals, so is every memory and emotional connection. They're not real. They have no power in the physical world beyond your brain. There's a wonderful, freeing sense of detachment that comes with thinking of the brain, as ironic as it sounds, as the physical hub of our thoughts. Feeling and emotions are things that happen inside our brain as a result of chemical interactions. When you feel butterflies in your stomach, you're actually feeling chemicals in your brain, although there are neurons in your stomach as well. When you feel love, sadness, anxiety, fear, it's all happening in your brain. All of that negativity that consumes you, that holds you back from realizing your potential, is nothing more than chemicals in your brain. You don't have any more control over those chemical interactions than you do over, say, your gallbladder or pancreas or liver. Processes happen well beyond the conscious awareness that takes place in your prefrontal cortex. Doesn't that put a different perspective on mental health then? Negative thoughts and feelings are nothing more than a process. And while we can't stop thoughts from occurring, we can make a choice about what we do with them. If we can identify the value of thoughts when they appear, then we are well placed to ignore those that offer us no benefits. The voice in your head that says, you can't do this or you don't deserve this, can just as easily be countered by the same voice in your head. Ha! I see what you're up to, brain, and I'm not buying it. Maybe you didn't eat well the day before, or more importantly, you didn't get enough sleep or good enough quality sleep. Whatever the reason, your brain sometimes feeds you bullshit. But that's okay, because none of it's real. It's just chemicals talking through your prefrontal cortex, and you do have the ability to divert that negative energy and replace it with rational thought, or better still, just ignore it altogether and get on with the tasks of living. You can say to yourself, and more specifically to your brain, you can play your games today, brain, but tomorrow the chemical balances will have changed and I'll be feeling better. So I won't waste time worrying about the negative thoughts that seem to be coming today. I'll just accept them for now. They will pass and tomorrow will be better. And that's actually how it works. Really. For those who struggle with negative thoughts often, and there are many, there are two approaches that try to help. One is to alter those chemical interactions with medication. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs, are a form of antidepressant. They work on the principle of suppressing the natural mechanism in our brains that try to recycle chemicals for later use. 
Serotonin is an important one that affects the positive-negative balance of our mood. Messages that pass between the neurons in our brain do so via chemicals known as neurotransmitters, and one of these is serotonin. Certain transporter molecules try to gather up the excess serotonin and recycle it. And sometimes those recycling molecules get carried away, and they scoop up the serotonin too early or scoop up too much of it, and that ends up affecting our mood. The synapses, the nerve endings between neurons which those chemical messages are sent and received through, may become conditioned to low levels of serotonin or other neurotransmitters, and so behave in unusual ways. SSRIs try to interrupt the recycling molecules so serotonin levels are maintained. The prescription of SSRIs is a very scientific and mechanical-like solution for depression, and that's the approach typically taken by psychiatrists. The problem is, though, there's actually no consensus on exactly how SSRIs work, or even if they do, which is amazing considering how commonly they are prescribed. In cases of major depression, SSRIs are reasonably effective, but for most of us they're no better than a placebo, and they're often reported to dull personality, flattening out mood rather than elevating it. SSRIs are not a wonder drug, they have side effects. They may be helpful, but also, they might not be worth it. So another approach is to try to think your way out of negativity by reprogramming your response to negative thoughts and feelings. It's about either avoiding situations which may give rise to those thoughts, or understanding them for what they are and implementing conscious strategies to manage them. This is the more typical approach of psychologists and therapists, and a therapy particularly known as cognitive behavioural therapy, or CBT. And that's essentially what I'm talking about here in this episode, understanding that there is an underlying physical process taking place and then reframing your thoughts to either disregard negative thoughts or just keep them in context. So here comes the present again. I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's very hard to be anything but neutral in the present moment because it doesn't come with any baggage and it doesn't care about the future. It's okay to have negative thoughts. It's normal and natural and something that happens to everyone. It's also okay to just sit with negative thoughts, just to praise them in a detached kind of way and see them for what they are. Give yourself a break and know that soon enough they will pass and you will feel better. Maybe after a good night's sleep or after you get some exercise or meet up with your friends. Those thoughts do not define you. They are not real and they are most certainly not you. They are a fleeting moment in time which you just happen to be a witness to. Now this approach may not work for you. Just knowing that there is a biological process taking place in your brain may be too abstract to help you manage those negative thoughts and feelings. So there are other techniques. But like everything worthwhile, they take training and practice to become proficient at. Cognitive behaviour therapy provides a toolkit of mental strategies and it is far beyond my expertise to provide any of them here. But they do exist and there are professionals able to help you with that if you need it. Your doctor or GP is the best place to start as they can refer you to the right people. But just identifying that how you feel is fine and that it is normal for everyone to have some form of negativity may help you to get through those occasional blue days. We all have them. But if they're happening often and getting in the way of you living your life and having good relationships, then it could be time to ask for help. Summing up, sometimes we don't feel right. Call it a bad mood, call it a funk, getting out of the wrong side of the bed. It's just the way it is sometimes. But don't overthink it, except that it is you for now, maybe the next few hours, maybe for the whole day, but it will pass. Thoughts are simply that. Thoughts. They are not real things, they are transient apparitions that appear randomly and disappear just as quickly. 
You don't need to put weight on them or take them seriously. Just observe them and let them go. Every thought, feeling, emotion and behaviour happens in your brain as a result of complex chemical interactions. When your head is swimming with negative thoughts, try to remember that it is just chemicals and biology going on up there. It is part of you, but it is not you. Choose how you respond to your thoughts and feelings. Don't become a slave to them. Some thoughts inspire us, fill us with joy, laughter and hope. Others do none of those things. Let those thoughts go. Consciously, choose how you want to feel. Or if you don't feel great, picture the you that feels better, and it will be reality soon enough. Exercise as much as possible. Be disciplined and stick to a routine. Have close friends and be open and honest with people. Listen to them. It's hard to worry about yourself when you're thinking about others. And give yourself a hug. And give someone else a hug. You are not a slave to your thoughts. And you are not alone. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Here and Now podcast. You can find us on Facebook at the Here and Now podcast or Twitter at Here Now podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to keep up to date with all of the latest episodes. And if you want to support the podcast, you can find us on Patreon or leave a review at the Apple Podcasts app. You can reach out to me via the pages or email theherenow at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.